Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Well, g'day everyone. And happy Father's Day to all the dads in the room. Uh, I hope that you have been blessed by your kids this morning. Uh, If you have family from out of state, I hope they've texted you to wish you a happy Father's Day. G'day, Dad, if you're tuning online. uh, Happy Father's Day to you. I love you very much. But uh, it's great to be able to celebrate fathers today and to be able to uh, to come together as God's family and, uh, and, and celebrate dads. Hey, um, I don't know about you, but gee, we're really lucky that that, uh, really blessed that that whole thing actually worked. I was worried there for a minute that we were going to have Jess and Ben doing a sing, dance off kind of thing. But uh, I don't know about you, but our family loves Mario Kart. My kids are so competitive uh, with all of that stuff. And, uh, and as you we kid, watch kids grow up, they, they want to try and beat you at everything. My, uh, my kids try to beat me at, uh, uh, at, at all sorts of things. On the, on the Nintendo Switch, uh, they try and beat me uh, playing football in the backyard. They try and beat me even playing chess, and they don't even know all the rules. Uh, when we had our, um, uh, the Olympics and we were all in lockdown for a little bit, uh, we actually had Lucas Backyard Olympics through the week, and the kids would want to challenge us in a whole new different game or sport every single afternoon, and they were just determined to win. But I, uh, I'm very uh, thankful that they haven't quite got the skills to beat me yet. I'm still faster than them. I'm still better on the Nintendo Switch than them. Uh, and uh, it's not going to take long, though, until they're going to run straight past me. But there's one person who I don't think any of us are going to be run, running straight past anytime soon. I wonder how many of you here this morning have heard of a guy called Eliud Kipchoge. Eliud Kipchoge, he is an incredible human being. He's a Kenyan, and he is the world's, well, we're not quite the fastest man, but the world's fastest and longest uh, man. Let me explain a little bit. Eliud Kipchoge is the current Olympic champion in the sport of marathon. He's from Kenya, and he has won the last two uh, gold medals in the Olympics. He finished Tokyo in gold, and he, uh, he was the first, time, uh, first runner to go back-to-back in the marathon in the Olympic event. He is the world record holder, and he has won 13 major world marathons in the last eight years. He's an incredible human being, a specimen. And he's a, he a very fast runner. But a couple of years ago, he managed an incredible human achievement. He completed the marathon distance run, which is 42.2 kilometers, in less than two hours. He ran 42.2 Ks in less than two hours. In fact, it was one hour, 59 minutes, and 40.2 seconds. This is an amazing accomplishment. Like Roger Bannister, who, uh, who broke the four-minute mile barrier, uh, running a marathon in less than two hours up until recently was considered humanly impossible. But Eliud Kipchoge managed to do it. I want you to capture the immensity of this feat this morning. Who here has done a marathon? I know there's a few in the room. Just shoot your hand up if you've managed to run a marathon. I'm not going to embarrass you by shouting out, uh, asking you how long you ran it in, but my guess is it's got a three or maybe a four in front of your record time. Elliot has a one in front of his. 
The longest run that I've ever done was a 10-kilometer bridge to Brisbane uh, many years ago. And after a lot of training and a lot of prep, uh, I managed to complete 10 kilometers in, in, wait for this, 54 minutes. (laughs) 54, well, it's not that impressive, really, when you consider where we're about to go. But uh, I managed to do 10 kilometers in 54 minutes, which I was pretty proud of. Eliud Kipchoge ran 10 kilometers in 28 minutes and 20 seconds, and he did it more than four times back to back. It's a little bit like running a 100-meter race in 17 seconds, which actually seems somewhat achievable, but then doing that 422 times back to back to back. Now, some of you have got an idea that this is pretty incredible, but I want to give those for all who are visual learners a little bit of a, uh, uh, a look-see in terms of how fast Elliot actually ran. So would you welcome Ben and Will as they come and uh, show us this morning. <clears throat> now, uh, Will is uh, one of our online hosts this morning. He's also on our church finance team, and uh, he's, on the, he's on the green team, Luigi's team. Mate, are you a runner? No. <laughs> in, in, uh, you might have heard of the park run, right? It's a five-kilometer run in parks around the country. And in Park Run Australia, they say that the average first-time park runner for a 5K distance is about 34 minutes. You reckon you could do uh, 5K in 34 minutes? Yeah, I think I could do that, actually. I, I reckon you can go a bit faster. I reckon you're a bit better than average. So uh, rather than uh, the nine kilometers, which is the average park run speed, we're going to put you at 10. So we're going to get you to show us what running at 10 kilometers an hour looks like on this sketchy old treadmill. Uh, you're, off we go. Okay, here we go. Will's going to run up, get up to pace. Keep an eye on him. He's running a little bit better than average. Here's Ben, our resident youth pastor and gym junkie. How many days a week do you go to the gym, Ben? I go to the gym eight days a week. Eight days a week. <laughs> ben loves his gym. Now, mate, uh, are you much of a runner? I've just started, so a little bit, but not really. Okay, so this could be a bit of fun. Yeah, All right, Ben is going to run at Elliot Kipchoge's pace, which is 21 kilometers an hour. Uh, this, um, this machine's going to take a little bit of time to, uh, to warm up are to you that. Are about me? Yeah, well, the machine is going to take a while to warm up. But no. <laughs> how are those hammies feeling after 8 a.m.? <laughs> um, a little tight, but we'll see how we go. Yeah, Hopefully, I don't blow I'm, one out. I'm still worried about these guitars behind you. Yeah, me too. I checked. Okay. They're insured. We're good. We had the tech, we had the tech issue at 8 a.m. At, at, at the thing, I would love to see you slide. No, I don't want to see that. Okay, we're over here up the speed wheel. How are you feeling, mate? You're feeling good, actually. Feeling real good. How long do you reckon you run this pace for? 10 minutes. No, those are pretty comfortable. Yeah. Okay, good. Looking, you're looking smooth there. You're holding on to the, the thing over support. You're looking pretty good. Looking pretty, uh, pretty cruisy. Here's Ben over here. Mate, you don't, look, you don't look so cruisy. How are you doing? Yeah, it's not too bad, but yeah, I shouldn't have already done it once at the 8 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> you're feeling a little bit, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. How long you... A little bit like tighter, a little bit quicker. Yeah. Okay. How long do you reckon you can hold this pace uh, for? I don't know, maybe like a minute, 30, 40 seconds. All right. We'll just keep these guys going while I preach. And uh, we'll see how they're doing at the end. But can you have a look at their speed? This is Will, a little bit above average. This is Ben going at world record Eli- Eliud Kipchoge pace. Why don't we give them both a huge round of applause, hey? You can stop before you do some damage to yourself. Thanks, gentlemen. Well done. Well done. That's, uh, that's incredible that you could actually manage a whole minute of that, Ben. Uh, I don't think I could last more than 30 seconds. But it's an incredible achievement to run the whole marathon distance for 42 kilometers, two hours at that kind of pace. 
absolutely extraordinary. And I don't want to disservice Eliud Kipchoge, but the reality is that he actually cheated a little bit. It wasn't a typical marathon race. This was actually more of an experiment. See, Eliud Kipchoge, he typically runs around two hours four, maybe two hours six for a marathon. But he and his bunch of his sponsors set out to see if they could break two hours. And so they tweaked a lot of things to help him run faster. Although Kipchoge did the run himself, he ran the whole 42Ks, he didn't jump on a scooter or anything like that, he got a lot of help. See, they carefully constructed the, um, the, 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 um, the track and they mapped out, scientifically, they mapped out the course for him to run on. They gave him some space-age shoes that had a lot of uh, uh, air cushioning and a bit of a spring in them. They would be illegal in a normal marathon race. And he didn't have to run against anybody. He was just running himself. And uh, what the, the things that they did for Eliud would be completely illegal in a normal marathon, which is why the world record is still over two hours. But all of these tweaks helped Eliud Kipchoge run his best race. So as we explore some of these tweaks and as we open God's word this morning, there's a few things that we can learn that will help us run our best race in this life of faith. In the New Testament actually talks about this journey of faith being like a race multiple times. Paul talks about not running the race in vain. Talks about training for the race, about running a good race. And the life, of, the life of faith certainly does feel like a race sometimes. Sometimes you're plodding along, just getting through. Sometimes you're in the sweet spot with God and everything is good. And at other times, maybe a little bit like Ben, you're struggling to keep up. This morning, we're going to explore how we can run our best race. So would you open your Bibles this morning to Hebrews chapter 10? Now, Hebrews is quite an interesting book of the New Testament. It's a, a letter written to encourage first century Christians, in particular, Christians who had a Jewish background. Now, now these Jewish Christians, they are in danger of giving up. Times were hard for many of them. Many of them had faced fierce persecution. Some had been thrown into jail and still others had been ridiculed for their faith in Jesus. And while biblical scholars are not entirely certain of the, the author, the person who wrote this letter, the overarching theme of Hebrews is to endure, to persevere, and to keep running by looking to Christ. So let's pick it up from Hebrews chapter 10. If you haven't got a Bible or a device with you this morning to follow along, it will appear on the screens as well. Hebrews chapter 10, beginning at verse 19. This is just after the, uh, the writer has talked about the sacrifice of Jesus and what he has done uh, in dying on the cross for the sins of all humanity. It says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another 
and all the more as you see the day approaching. The Hebrews writer here uses this statement, let us, three times to encourage us to run our best race. Let us, let us, let us. Maybe the writer to the Hebrews was a vegan. We're not really sure with all that lettuce. And uh, it's dad joke day. Come on, Father's Day. Let me ask you this question. And well done to Jimmy before for thinking one up on his feet. What do you call a chicken staring at some lettuce? Chicken sees a salad. Right? Okay, I promise there won't be any more, any more dad jokes. If you do have some, let us know. It's just the tip of the iceberg. So, um, <laughs> all right, let's get back to the Bible. Let's get back to the Bible. Come on. Uh, so anyway, the first let us statement, the first let us statement in this passage from Hebrews, it instructs us, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. If we are to run this race, to run our best race, we need to draw near to God. The writer to the letter points out many times that Christ followers were freed from the Jewish religious structures of the day. Prior to Jesus, the Jews could only come close to God by entering the temple. They had a priest to pray to God on their behalf. The high priest was only permitted to enter the most holy place where God dwelt one day each year, and that was to atone for the sins of the entire community. But through his death and resurrection, Jesus made it possible for all people to draw close to God. As he was crucified on the cross, as Jesus died on the cross, God tore that thick curtain that closed off the most holy place in the Jewish temple. God was no longer at a distance inaccessible and far removed from his people. See, through Jesus, we can draw near to God anywhere and anytime. We can be in constant communication with our creator God. Eliud Kipchoge in his best race, he had the benefit of being in constant communication with his coaches and his directors to help him run the best race possible. Normally, an athlete would only get input and encouragement from their coach right at the start of the race and they wouldn't be able to talk to them till the very end. But in this run, Kipchoge was in constant communication with his, uh, with his race directors and his coaches. You can see uh, on the screen behind, there's a bunch of people on bikes, a bunch of people riding bikes alongside Kipchoge, something that wouldn't be allowed in a normal marathon. But here, the, the guys on the bikes are connected to Kipchoge's coach, the whole team directing the race. They're uh, encouraging Kipchoge to keep the pace required. They could help him push through that wall in a marathon, and you could, they, could, they could encourage him time and time again whenever he needed it. To run his best race, Kipchoge was in constant communication with his race director. And in order for us to run our best race, we need to be in constant communication with our director, our creator and our savior. We need to draw near to God. And God promises to respond. He says to his people in the book of Jeremiah, call to me and I will answer you. In James chapter four, where we've been journeying through the last few weeks, God promises that if we come near to God, he will come near to us. Because of what Jesus did on the cross in taking our sins and separating them as far as the east is from the west, we can approach God with confidence. And if we trust in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, his presence lives within us through his Holy Spirit. God is close. 
we can draw even nearer to Him through prayer and worship, by reaching out to Him throughout the day, by talking to Him when we wake up and when we lie down, by bringing Him our requests and our worship throughout the day. We can focus on His character and depend on Him in our times of need. See, Jesus runs the race right alongside of us. We simply need to reach out. Perhaps you're here this morning and you don't yet know God's presence in your life. You're joining with us here online and you don't know the companionship of the Holy Spirit. You haven't yet put your trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. If that's you this morning and you realize that there's missing something in your life, that's Jesus. I want to encourage you, if you are in that space and you'd like to know what it means to have a life-giving relationship with Jesus, please have a chat with one of our team or go and have a chat with the welcome team on the, at the welcome desk on your way out or just reach out on the chat in the, on the online page and we would love to help you on that journey with God. See, we can run our race in constant communication with God as we draw near to Him. The second let us statement in our passage this morning says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. The writer is imploring his audience here to hold on, to retain, to keep a tight grip on this Christian faith. And the writer here uses this Greek adverb, aklines, which in the NIV is translated to unswervingly. Encouraging those who are reading this text and or listening to it to fully grasp hold of, to stay committed, to not wander off to the right or to the left when it comes to running this race called faith. As he ran his marathon in this sub-two-hour time, Kipchoge had a whole bunch of extra assistance to help him hold unswervingly to the path marked out for him. See, the team who planned the course for Kipchoge, they mapped it out, the perfect line, 42.2 kilometers. They actually uh, marked it out on the street. In parts, they laid fresh concrete for him to run on. And all he had to do was stay between the lines, going around corners, going down the straight. All he had to do was just stay in between the lines. And even more than that, they had a car with a laser pointer uh, directing just in front of Kipchoge how fast he and his team needed to run. All he had to do was keep those laser guides in front of him that directed his path, and he would finish sub two hours. And throughout his best race, Eric Elliott Kipchoge kept unswervingly to the path, and he had these lasers guiding his every step. As we run our best race in this life of faith, we might not have lasers to guide our path, but we do have this, God's Word. The the, the psalmist said, your word is a lamp to my feet, a light on my path. God's Word and His wisdom is, is what we can grasp onto in a confusing and clamoring world. This is the record of all the promises that God has made for us, which we can tightly grip onto. Having a solid grounding in God's word will help us hold unswervingly to our faith. There is so much information in our world today. I don't know if you get overwhelmed by the number of emails that you receive a day, but recent data and recent stats suggest that around the world, more than 306 billion emails get sent every day. Every day, 306 billion That's a lot of emails, probably all going to junk mail. 
There is so much information in our world. All you need to do is pull up Google and type anything in, and you'll get thousands upon thousands, even millions of hits. Now, when I typed into Google, how many emails get sent around the world every day? It came up with 15 million results. It's just extraordinary. And the news cycle just keeps unrelenting. There's new information coming out all the time, and our social media feeds are full of opinions being, fast, being passed off as fact. We are suffering from information overload, and it's fueling our uncertainty. It's fueling our fears, fueling our anxieties. If we're not grounded in God's Word, if we're not holding unswervingly to the promises and His wisdom that are in here, we're going to be tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of cunning and crafty people. See, if we're to run our best race, we need to be guided by God's Word. Let me ask you this morning, how are you being guided by God's Word? I'm not going to ask you to stick your hand up or to respond to that, but, but how much are you being guided by the news cycle or your social media feed or, or podcasts that don't edify or build up, as opposed to the truth, the promises, the wisdom that are written in God's Word? How is God's Word being a lamp to your feet and a light to your path? If the answer for that question for you this morning is ah, not enough, can I encourage you to do something about that? Maybe download the YouVersion Bible app onto your phone and start a Bible reading plan. Super accessible on your commute or on your exercise in the morning just to even listen to God's Word, the promises that come through. You can even do Bible reading plans with other friends and hold each other accountable. Maybe you need to find a good Christian podcast to listen to on your way to and from work. Or grab a book that helps deepen your relationship and your, your understanding revelation of God's Word. As we've ticked over a new month and a new season in the calendar, it's a great time to begin a new routine. So why don't you find a way to hold on to God's truth and His promises so that you can be guided by God's Word? The third exhortation in this passage calls us to encourage one another in the context of Christian community. The writer to the Hebrews says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as summer is in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. This is the challenge, to run the race not alone, but to run it with others. When Eliud Kipchoge uh, ran towards the line to finish his race in under two hours, he was on his own. But as we watch that footage, you can see in the background all of the, uh, the people cheering behind him. There's a whole bunch of other athletes cheering behind him. They were his pace setters. And then you look at the crowd. There's 120,000 people gathered to cheer Elliot on. And here he is celebrating with his family, being embraced by those closest to him. He's run hundreds, not hundreds, he's run dozens of marathons, but this was the first one that his wife and three kids turned up to. All of them are celebrating and just rejoicing and have been encouraging Elliot on for the last two hours. Come on, buddy, run, you can do it. It's such a beautiful metaphor of what Christian community is all about. See, the reality for Kipchoge is that he needed others to help, run him, help him run this race. 
He actually had a team of 41 people, 41 people who were actually world champions in their own distances, but they ran as his pace setters. They couldn't do the whole 42Ks. They would sub in and out along the way. Different people kind of leading Kipchoge, encouraging him on if he dropped behind, kind of running before him to break the wind resistance. He had 41 people gathered around him to help his, him run his best race. And if we're to run our best race in this life, we cannot do it alone. God has created us for community. He's designed us to do life together, to run our race with others. Like Hipchogi had, we need to have a team of people running alongside of us, trusted people who could buffet some of the headwinds that we run through and point us to Jesus. People who notice when our energy is flagging and can cheer us on by offering that word or that practical act of encouragement. People whose wisdom that we can learn on and whose experiences that we can learn from. We all need those people in our life. And we need to be those kinds of people for others as well. Gateway is a big church. And sometimes large gatherings like this can be overwhelming. And even though you might be in a large crowd of people, that doesn't automatically mean that you are connected. You can still feel alone and isolated, even in a big crowd like this. For those joining in online, it's actually really easy to be anonymous, to just kind of stand at arm's length and not actually engage with the community, but just watch what's going on. But what could it look like to be a church that actually spurs one another on. A church that cheers one another on in our race. A community of people that encourages one another. A family that embraces one another and ensures that no one runs alone. We say that everyone who comes to Gateway is welcome and that's 100% true. But I reckon we also need to say, in my heart, is that we want every single person to find connection and community as well that there will be no one sitting in this room or watching through the screen that would feel isolated or alone, but that every single one of us would find a community of people to run this race with. I know that COVID has uh, knocked us all around in this season with restrictions on gathering together and routines being knocked about and our priorities that have subtly shifted over the time. I wonder whether we've actually lost the habit of doing life together. Here at Gateway, we encourage everyone to be part of a life group, to gather frequently, to be able to support one another, to apply God's word together, to pray for one another and to cheer one another on. If you're not in the habit of meeting together in a life group, can I urge you to start, to join a life group, to start a new one? Maybe you've been coming to Gateway or tuning in for a few months now. Connecting in to get into a life group is your next step. Perhaps you're part of the services this morning and you've got a great space to host a life group. Well, today is the day to let someone know. There's a couple of ways you can uh, take that next step and plug into a life group. After the service this morning, you can chat with one of the great people at our welcome desk. They would love to take down your details and pass it on to our team who this week will reach out to you. Or if you'd rather just fill out a form, uh, or if you're joining online, you can jump to our website, gatewaybaptist.com.au, click the big blue Get Connected button, tick the box saying, I'm looking for a life group, and we'd love to connect you in. There'll also be an opportunity next Sunday as we kick off a brand new teaching series called Jesus in the Picture. After the service, it's just to connect for 20, 30 minutes with others who are also looking for a life group. 
The start of a new series is a great opportunity to begin a, uh, a life group journey with others. So I want to encourage you, if that is you, uh, and we're not in lockdown next Sunday, encourage you to, uh, to be part of that. Come along, ready to hang out after the service a little longer to connect into a group, with a group of people who could potentially become your life group. Or maybe you're here this morning as a, as a bloke, and uh, running, running this race has been a very lonely journey for you. And you just need some other Christian men to cheer you on, to be accountable to, and to fight the good fight with. If that's you, I'd love to invite you to come to our, uh, our next fight night coming up at the start of next term in October. This is a great event where blokes get together, not to fight physically, uh, but to fight for what's important. Joining a community of men to run the race with others, to encourage one another, spur one another on, fight for those things that are important, fighting for marriages, fighting for family, fighting for faith. Guys, encourage you to be part of that if you don't have a community that is around you, cheering you on. The reality is that Eliud Kipchoge could not have run his best race without others. And we need to run our race alongside others as well. I want to encourage you to take a step to join community where you can be encouraged. You can encourage others and you can run your best race. And while we're talking about encouragement and cheering others on today, I just want to take a moment to encourage and acknowledge our dads this morning. I recognize Father's Day, as Jess prayed, can bring up a whole bunch of emotions. Some of us have maybe had varying experiences in our journey with our dads or our kids. But I do want to honor and thank dads this morning for the roles that you play. Fathers, thank you for the way that you love and serve your family. Thank you for the ways that you juggle all of your commitments to family, to work, to friends, and to church. Thank you for being examples to look up to, and not just for your own kids, but those younger um, blokes in our community. Thank you for growing faith in your kids, and thank you for persevering even when that's difficult. Thank you for putting up with the tantrums. Thank you for passing on wisdom. Thank you for that warm embrace. And thank you for being there in those difficult moments. Fathers, thank you for the sacrifices that you have made and for the persistence that you have shown and for the love that you share. Thank you for being pillars in our church and for being uh, spiritual fathers to so many men in our congregation. Just pray that God would bless each and every father and father figure in the room. And why don't we encourage our dads once more again right now by giving them a huge round of applause this morning. Eliud Kipchoge achieved an incredible feat of human endurance. Completing the marathon distance in under two hours is an amazing accomplishment. But he could only have run his best race by being in constant communication with his directors, by being guided by lasers at his feet, and by running the race with others. And Eliud Kipchoge, this legendary Kenyan, almost made it look easy. But the race of faith that we run, we know it's not that easy. There are all sorts of peaks and valleys that we have to run through. Like in our Mario Kart before, uh, there are things that are getting thrown at us left and right, distracting us, trying to take us off course, that we have to keep running. And the distractions keep coming, the mental battles continue to rage, and temptations don't leave us. 
Sometimes as we run this, this race of life and faith, it, it can feel like we're, we're just stuck on a treadmill, plodding away. Or sometimes it feels like it's just getting away from us and we're struggling to keep up. But God encourages us to press on through this letter to the Hebrews. One chapter over, after we've gone through this, uh, this passage that we've read this morning, and as the writer of the Hebrews lists all of these legends of the faith, people who persevered and kept running their race with God, the writer continues with this race metaphor. And this is one of the most beautiful passages of Scripture. I think it's one of my favourite, if not my favourite, verse in the Bible. Hebrews 12 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author or pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Since we're surrounded by all of those who have gone before us and all of those who run the race alongside of us, these people in our life who will champion us and cheer us on. Let's let go of the things that hold us back. Let's let go of the things that distract us and derail us. And let's run. Run fast and run well as we look to Jesus and keep our eyes focused on Him. He's the one that started that work of faith within us. He's the one who's promised that we'll see it to the end. God's saying, keep going this morning. Keep pressing on. I am with you. I am guiding you and I am cheering you on. This morning, I believe there's many of us here who need to hear that encouragement. The race that we are running at the moment has been challenging, has been turbulent. And this morning is a reminder that we need God. We need to fix our eyes on Him. I wanna give you an opportunity to respond this morning. We're gonna have an opportunity to pray for you very shortly. But I'm wondering today if you are here and you're just feeling absolutely spent. It's been a massive few months for you and you just feel like you're running out of steam. You can't keep this pace going. And you're tempted to sort of stop running altogether. You're tempted to pull the plug and, and change your career or, or walk out on your family or whatever it is, there's a temptation for you to stop. I wanna encourage you that God wants to let you know that He is with you. He wants you to keep running. And He doesn't necessarily want you to keep running fast, but He wants to keep running so that you finish. He wants you to run in a more sustainable way. He's saying, I'm running right alongside of you. Let me strengthen you. Let me fill your tank this morning. Perhaps you are running the race, but you've actually lost your place. You've run off course. You've been distracted by a few things and you've made some decisions that have actually led you away from God's plan. You've taken your eyes off the prize that God is calling you to. And if that's you this morning, Jesus wants just to gently direct you back on track. No matter how far you've drifted, no matter how far you've gone, there is no way that you can run away from God's love. And this morning, Jesus just wants to encourage you and just gently guide you back on the right track, back on His path and encourage you to fix your eyes on Him. And lastly, maybe you're here this morning and you just feel like you are running this race all on your own. You may be surrounded by people, family, colleagues, friends, but no one really knows exactly what's going on deep down. No one really knows the inner battles that you're dealing with. And you just feel like you're running this race alone. 
This morning, Jesus wants to remind you that He is running with you, but He wants to point you to others. He wants to point you to others in this community who are facing the same battles, running along the same challenges. And He wants to build His community around you this morning. As we conclude this morning, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond to what the Holy Spirit is doing and saying in this room and online this morning. We're going to start singing this final song in a moment. But wherever you are in this race of life and faith, I want to invite you to stand if you identify with any of those things that we're talking about. We're going to ask you to stand. We're just going to gather some people around to pray for you. Pray that you would be able to continue to run that race with perseverance, with sustainability. And we're going to have a couple of people stand with you and just gather around and pray with you and cheer you on. And so as Mark and the team come to lead us this morning, I want to invite you, if that is you, if you are uh, are running this race and you're feeling like you're running out of steam, to stand. If you are running this race and you're feeling like you're drifting off course and you want God to pull you back, I encourage you to stand. And if you're here this morning and you feel like you're running this race all on your own, I encourage you to stand. We're going to sing this song right now. If that is you, I invite you to stand and then we're going to gather some people around to pray. Thanks, Mark. Let's sing this song. this race with perseverance. And if you're not standing this morning and you know some people around you, can I encourage you, let's be a community together. Jump up and stand alongside someone, rest a hand on their shoulder, and just as we continue to sing, keep praying for them. Pray for them. Pray that they would know God's presence, that they would know God's strength, they would know His guidance, and that He would be cheering them on. Come on, let's be community this morning. Let's pray for one another as we continue to see these guys continue to sing. Let's pray.
Father God, we thank You for each and every person standing here this morning. Jesus, right now as they stand, Lord God, I pray that You would breathe Your hope and Your truth into their lives, Lord God. Jesus, I pray that You would help each and every person to run their race with perseverance. Lord, would You help them to fix their eyes on You, Lord God. Father, for those that are are feeling like they are running alone, God, would You give them just a tangible sense of Your presence this morning. For those, Lord God, who are running on empty, Jesus, would You strengthen their legs? Would You give them Your rest? Would You help them to continue this race in a sustainable way? Father God, for, for those that are just a little bit lost, a little bit uncertain as to where to go, Father, would You bring them gently back onto the right track? Jesus, would You give them Your grace? Would You, you, would you continue to show them Your amazing forgiveness? God, would you help them to run this race with perseverance? God, I pray for each and every person gathered here, Lord God, in the uncertainty of this world. Lord, would you help us to keep our eyes fixed on you, Jesus? Lord, would you help us to be guided by your word? Would you bring people around us, Lord, to cheer us on? Would you use them to point us to you, Lord God? Father, we thank you for your incredible love your amazing grace and your tangible presence with us. Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I want to invite us all to stand this morning and continue to sing just for a little bit and encourage you to use these words as a prayer this morning. And maybe you've just been praying with someone for a little bit and uh, God's just rested something on your heart for them. Maybe hang around, keep chatting, keep standing with them and then have a chat with them after the service just to check in, help them find a way to connect in with others and to keep growing. Let's not leave this behind just a prayer, but let's be a community together. Why don't we sing and worship God this morning?
you help us to continue to run this race with perseverance? Amen. Amen. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining us on this Father's Day. We'd love to invite you to hang around, grab a snag before we head off to whatever you're doing with your dad. Uh, Everybody can grab a snag. We've got a ginger beer for dads. Take a photo at the photo booth. And uh, if you need uh, need, need some prayer this morning, need some more prayer, our prayer team will be down the front and they'd love to pray with you. Be encouraged, guys. God bless you. Keep running the race with perseverance and we'll pray and we'll see you next Sunday. Bless you. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.